And it was a school night. It was a Sunday evening. And I said to the little girl, I said, hey, young lady, um, you know, did you have a good time? She said, yeah. I said, yeah, cool. Me too. I was like, well, time for bed. She's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'll freaking leave. I said, I'm going to go take a shower. And when I come back, you better be in that room sleeping. And the thing that I answered the door to was a bunch of banging, screaming, angry cops with flashlights. Okay, And they're like, open the door, open the door. It's the police. I mean, you would have thought that there was a hostage situation going on in here. If you even thought about calling the police on your parents, they would just look you in the face like you got to make it to the phone first. Welcome to Why Daddy Never Cries podcast with your host, Chuck Kelleher. At Why Daddy Never Cries, we'll explore the lives surrounding daddies, their children, divorce, and silent domestic violence. We'll hear real-life horror stories from unsung heroes fighting for the ability to stay in their children's lives. We'll get those voices heard and hopefully find solutions before you lunatics burn the whole place to the ground. Hang in there, daddies. Chuck's here. Chuck Kelleher and Why Daddy Never Cries are providing his podcast as a public service. I've known Chuck for 45 years, and he's neither a lawyer nor a mental health professional. He's not a doctor nor a rogue scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Chuck is simply a guy who's lived in hell for 20 years. Once he found a way out, he drew a map to help others navigate their own way home. The views and opinions expressed by Why Daddy Never Cries, employees, or our guests are their own. Guest appearance on the program do not imply an endorsement of them their opinions, or any entity they represent. And please, for the love of God, if you have any questions or fears about your unique circumstances, please contact a lawyer, a religious leader of your choice, or a medical professional in your area. Don't fuck this up, brothers, because we're all in this together. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Voss G2, for helping small and medium-sized businesses elevate their brand perception with design. Take your brand to the next level at VossG2.com. We'd also like to thank Harry Duran, and his team at Fullcast for their amazing assistance. If you're planning a podcast and you haven't contacted Fullcast, you might as well call your show Podfade. All right, we got a special one for you guys tonight, because we're talking with a man who, to coin my wife's phrase, started an Insta family. It's tough enough being a stepdad, and we can all see the glaring challenges of being a stepdad to a young daughter, but now add in a learned behavior that that child picked up. And you got to ask yourself, where's this coming from? Now, speaking of learned behavior... Today we're talking with Leonidas, a Floridian who, like me, was once a Brooklynite. This episode is going to show us how cultural differences and words can get us into some trouble when their intended meaning is warped to prove someone else's twisted narrative. The jokes made in this episode are simply from two former New Yorkers chatting, both of them sternly against all forms of domestic violence, yet still some of the comments might trigger some people into wrongly thinking differently. I want you to remember some of the jokes and how they made you feel. At the end of this episode, I'm going to ask you a question about that. In a world where headlines scream for attention, we choose to listen to the whispers that hold the true revelations. All right, let's get into this. Leonidas, welcome to the Why Daddy Never Cries podcast. How's it going, brother? Hey, glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So where are we calling home these days? Yeah, I'm here in this place that people refer to as a swamp, uh, happy sunny Florida. Nice. Florida's definitely getting in the news a lot lately. I think uh, half of New York moved to Florida and the other half of Florida moved up to New York. Yes, it is quite strange, these migratory patterns. So what do we got? You have an ex-fiance, huh? Yeah, I do. Walk us through your story. Let the guys know what brings you to this nightmare. Yeah. All right. The house of pain. I'd say probably about maybe four to five years ago now, I met a nice uh, old country girl. Uh, Let's call her Dolly. Dolly. All right. 
Yeah, because everybody loves Dolly Parton, right? Yes, we do. You know, Dolly and I, we, you know, I'm a city slicker and she's a country gal. And we uh, we meet on the happy internet uh, information highway, the internet there, mm-hmm. uh, one of those dating sites. And, you know, we exchange a bunch of messages. We finally uh, agree to meet up. And you would think that on a first date that people would like show up on time and stuff like that, right? I was determined to kind of hunker down and, and whatnot. I certainly have a threshold. Well, this one didn't. I sat there for, couldn't tell you exactly how long, but it got to the point though, where the waitress called uh, Dolly a bitch for not showing up on time. So I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> it was a while. You were sitting there for a bit. Yeah. Long enough for the waitress to get pissed off about it. Right. She's like, <laughs> cause you were taking a, a two spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm trying to turn this table guy. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Bring me another drink. So, but anyway, so this girl comes in and, uh, you know, Dolly and, and she's apologetic and profusely apologetic. Oh, I changed clothes like 17 times and I just wanted to look good for you and all this crap. I'm like, okay, yeah, but you're like almost an hour late. What the fuck? So, so just to kind of throw that out there, guys, like this relationship started out with disrespect, right? So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, you know, carry on forward. Uh, we fall madly in love. I make a proposal to her and I say, do you want a ring or a, or a house? She sat there a minute and she said, I want a house. I said, great. Great line, man. Great yeah, line. Right. I mean, that was also like kind of a test too. Cause I'm like, where's her head at? So, you know, she picked the house. I'm like, all right, well, she's got at least half a brain in there. So uh, good for her. <laughs> so I said, go, go find the house of your dreams. I work remote. I don't care where I live, whatever. So she finds this house. I buy the house. We move in. She has a 12 year old daughter that comes along with her, but that home uh, was uh, her, her mother, you know, Dolly and, and her husband at the time, they, they were together for 20 years. The, the twist about them, though, is, is that he was 20 or 21 years old and Dolly was 14. So both families turned a blind eye to this pedophile moving in on this young girl. She later would say to me, well, you just had to be there. And I said, I don't have to be anywhere. We don't trade people for livestock anymore. What are you talking about? We got laws against this stuff, man. It's called pedophilia. Like, you don't do that shit. <laughs> How old was he again? How he old? was uh, 20 or 21 at the time, and she was 14. Yeah, that's a, that's up there. Yeah, I mean, you know. So that's that's where uh, her, her, her life started was in that way. And so I, I meet her, and I'm probably the second or third guy she's ever been with. And so, you know, low mileage, which is pretty freaking rare these days, right? But mind you, she's coming from 20 years of being with somebody who really isn't quite right mm-hmm. and in and out of jail, drugs, totally affects, you know, pretty much everybody in the situation, especially the little girl. And uh, so they come into my home and I grew up in a, you know, Latin culture and everybody wants to scream that we're machoistic and just rule with an iron fist. And maybe some of that's true, but I think it's exaggerated. Um, my dad certainly certainly didn't play games um, when it was time to go to bed or do whatever needed to be done. That, that needed to happen. And if it didn't, well, it's going to suck. It definitely happened the next time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he was pretty uh, persuasive in the way that he would, you know, make sure I didn't forget. So, you know, fair enough. Yeah. It was either a, a belt or a sandal or <laughs> whatever. Uh, so. I grew up in those days too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like commonplace, you know, you know what, when I was growing up, if you even thought about calling the police on your parents or a spanking, they would just look you in the face. Like you got to make it to the phone first. Mine would hand me the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Double dog dare you. There you go. Yeah, go for it. You won't live here anymore. Yeah. So, you know, like these kids around here today, they get the thing called timeout. Yeah, we got this thing called knockout, you know. So, but no, they, I, I don't say I was I was abused as a child. I mean, I think some of it was a little bit overboard, but, you know, I survived. It made me stronger. And I developed this crazy ass thing called respect. Okay. Yeah. 
So we're lacking. I see that lacking in society today, especially with the younger people. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, where's your parents at? Because if they're not here, I'm about to bop you. Oh, it's like social media. They think they can get away with anything, and then they usually can now, which is unfortunate and why we're both here, because a lot of people can get away with a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And I think um, social media is also responsible for the imaginations that these women have now. And they're so pumped full of fear that any little small scent or hint of danger or whatever... All of a sudden, they inject themselves in some bullshit movie they saw on TV, and the boyfriend or the husband that they're with all of a sudden now takes on the role of some serial killer obsessed person that's going to destroy them and everything that they love. And it's just like, whoa, man, you guys gone too far here. So that's kind of where my story comes from, is that this woman loved to watch horror movies. And that's one of the questions that I have for research is, do women like horror more than men? And I would say that they do because they are driven and attracted to chaos. So that's my thoughts. Email me or hit us up on one of the social medias if your wife is a horror film buff and you went through uh, domestic violence or false allegations. Mine was, and I'm not. Now I'm very curious. Yeah, I'd like to know what people might have to say about that. I think there's a, definitely a correlation to the content that we consume, which then affects the way we think, which then affects the things we say and the way that we behave in our actions. If you're in a constant state of perpetual fear, then when you're in an argument with somebody that you claim to love, all of a sudden you think they're about to strangle you to death. It's like, no, I'm just mad. <laughs> also from New York, we tend to be loud. And if people aren't from New York, they get very scared with the way we talk. And that's unfortunate because it definitely bites us both in the ass. Absolutely. It's like, we're not yelling, we're just talking. It's a very good uh, contrasting point because I do come from the North and I have a certain way of, you know, upbringing and culture and the way things work and how people talk and whatever. Come down South, there's some differences. You know, yeah, and I've learned to adapt, you know, as best I can. But there's something about not taking any shit and calling things for what they are. That's just what we do. We don't sugarcoat shit. Like my dad used to say, you can take the boy out of Brooklyn, but you can't take Brooklyn out of the boy. You got that right, my friend. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, moving forward in the story here, I would tell you that I started to realize that this little girl had some issues and she would say, I have anger issues. Her daughter. Her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then there were other times where she would act out while we were in public, basically just being embarrassing or whatever. And I'm just like, were you raised by wolves or something, little kid? Like, can't take you nowhere. You can't even sit through a meal without you, like, causing a freaking scene. Like, I'm not going to take you out anymore. So we would leave her at home a lot. Right. You know, I was just like, well, you're not going to fuck up my dinner. You know what I mean? Like, you can be a miserable little shit at home. And like, I, I'm going to try to work with you, but you're not doing that no more. And I warned her several times. Now, how long were her mom and dad separated? Because she's probably going through some shit there with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Her parents were probably separated for probably a good year, maybe two. Yeah. It was just tough for her to work through it. And I tried to take that into consideration. And, uh, and I sat down and talked to her quite extensively. As a matter of fact, I'm the one that popped the cap on telling her that her father was a drug addict because uh, she didn't know why he was missing. She couldn't understand the behavior, like him popping in and out and like, why was he in jail? So I finally said, hey, look, kid, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I need you to grow up a little bit here for you to hear this. OK, I know it's tough, but this is what it is. Her mom thanked me later because she didn't have the balls to do it herself. It's tough. You don't want to tell a kid their parents failing them, for lack of a better word. Right, right. Because it's like this, this uh, immediate self-reflection as of what did I do wrong? I'm not worth anything. And, you know, it goes spirals out of control from there. So, and, and I think she suffered from that too. But as time went on, I, I started to set down ground rules. And this little girl had lice about five times. She was missing school. She was failing school. And when I came into the picture and we were living under one roof, I instituted things like internet controls. Mm-hmm. 
I would shut the internet down at a certain time of the night because she would dive into a YouTube spiral that would keep her up till three o'clock in the morning. And then she can't get up to go to school the next day. Yeah. And that was happening all when she was living with her mom, just the two of them. But when she came to live with me, I was like, you're not missing the bus. I'm not taking you to school because you're not going to miss the bus. And guess what, man? She kicked and screamed about some of that stuff. But you know what? Not only did she make the honor roll, but she never missed a day of school. Awesome. Her mom looked at me and she says, you did that. And I said to her, we did that. Absolutely. Thank you for not like bucking me on it. But the bucking came later. Don't trust me. It's not like that was <laughs> she was just stored yeah, up. Yeah, that was a short lived, you know, uh, alliance there. As I found myself like saying, hey, look, I'm not your dad. I'm not trying to be your dad. What I'm trying to be is your friend. But make no mistake, I am the king of this castle here and you will respect the things that I'm saying and, and I need to be done here. And we can have a great time uh, or we can have a hard time. It's really up to you. Well, that little girl, I remember looking at me when they said, I just wanted to be the way that it was where it was just me and mommy. Mm. And I didn't realize that until later that that's exactly why she was acting out. And then at some point started going through the house and, and being destructive to the level of where she literally put her foot through one of the drywalls. So at that point, I looked at her and her mom and I was like, both of you get the fuck out. Because I'm like, I don't need a Tasmanian devil in here ripping down shit that I work hard to you know achieve. Either you calm her down or I'm going to light her ass up. Now, was mom trying to help out or was she kind of just letting it happen? She tried to help out. She, she was starting to make excuses for her. Like divorce dad's guilt. I got that all the time. You know, you're not disciplining your girls a lot. I'm like, well, I see him for two days every two weeks. What am I going to do? Hold ground him the next two weeks, the two days I see him in two weeks from now? Yeah, it's all unfair, right? But it's at the same time as like you spare the spare the rod, we spoil the child. It's like, hey, man, it really sucks that I have you here for this time for us to be together. But your ass got in trouble because you did some dumb stuff. And just to jump into everybody out there, because I know everyone, you know, we got some trollers out there cringing. Discipline doesn't mean abuse. They're two totally separate things. Okay. Get that straight. Amen. Sorry, brother. Go ahead. No, amen, brother. I'm all about throwing a, a bunch of oranges in a sock and I'm going to go right upside that backside with it. That's how we do it. Just for the record. Just for the record. That's abuse. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but uh, I know. Yeah. My buddy, uh, my buddy's daughter called the cops on him because she spanked him. He open hand slapped her in her rear. Okay. And she was, she was a young teenager at the time. Okay. He, Popped her on the butt one good time. She decided she was going to call the police. The police came there and said, he's your father. Do what he tells you to do. And they left. <laughs> that's how they used to do it. Yeah, yeah they weren't taking nobody to jail. Yeah, that's two different things. You really got guys out there beating the living shit out of their kids. And you have women out there beating the living shit out of their kids. They're getting away with it. I came from a household where my mom would hit. My father never hit me because he came from a household with hitting. Both my wives and I came to agreements that we're just not going to do any kind of, or as my ex puts it, corporal punishment. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So now the new game is, is like, well, there's a cutoff until, you know, to where you can't slap them in the butt no more. So what do we do now? Physical labor. Get your ass out there and mow that grass with a push mower. No, you can't ride the rider. Get out there and rake them leaves. You gonna wash my car. Like, mm -hmm. right. It's like, get you know, drop and give me 20. At the end of all that, this kid's going to be jacked because they're doing so many push-ups. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, you know, I, I totally feel you on that, man. Like I definitely am not here to condone any kind of, um, you know, abuse, you know, to the point where you're leaving bruises and, and all that kind of stuff on your kids. Like if that's happened, tighten up and stop that shit straight up. Don't do that. Yeah. Get, get help. Right. Get, get help. Yeah. You know, go outside and pound some sand guys, but don't, don't take that out on your kids, man. They don't deserve that.
did reach that that apex of insanity in this one scene in the house where I'm arguing with Dolly. I, I worked from home and she knew this. And I said, hey, look, I don't go to your job and interrupt you when you're working. And she's just steady on my ass, man. I'm just like, hey, listen, I got back to back meetings here. Like, I, what, I don't know what it is exactly that you need right now, but I'm working. You know, like, I hope it's important. And she's like, I just really need to talk to you. But she wouldn't tell me what it was. You know, I didn't know if I, I needed to eject from work to cater to her. So anyway, we're just going back and forth. I'm like, look, just tell me what it is that you want. Try to help you best I can, but I got shit to do. Both of our voices were elevated. Her daughter comes in out of nowhere. She's like, don't talk to my mom that way. And I said, you talk to your mother worse. You shut up. And then she wanted to jump in on the mix. So I got like, that was two against one, right? Because now I'm telling her daughter, shut up. The mother wants to defend the daughter. And like round and round we go. Mm -hmm. Her daughter picks up a, a TV tray that my mother bought me and she slings it across the house and she like breaks some stuff. And I looked at her and I'm across a breakfast bar. She's on the other side of the breakfast bar. I'm on the other side. So that island is between us. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to light your little ass up. And I I went to raise my hand in just pure fury and anger, right? And I wasn't going to strike her, but I raised my hand. And in that moment, I caught myself and I was like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. And so, you know, I threw a fake punch, but nowhere near her. Right. She freaks out, starts to scream and all this shit. And I was like, both of you just get the fuck out. And as a matter of fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to my brother's house down the street. And when I get back here, you better not be here or we're going to have a fucking problem. So I left. I came back. They were gone. And I gave them plenty of time. Don't don't think I came back in like five minutes. I wasn't looking for trouble, right? Because they already started some shit there. I look back at that and I go, damn, you know what? I could have done better. I could have handled that better. Mm -hmm. But I was already at the end of my fucking rope, man. And I'm at work trying to earn that bacon. You have not hit her. You've not hit the kid. There's no violence and no police reports of you attacking them. No, um, but I will say that there was an evening. Uh, I was coming home from a friend's little get together and right down the street. And it was a school night. It was a Sunday evening. And I said to the little girl, I said, hey, young lady, um, you know, did you have a good time? She said, yeah. I said, yeah, cool. Me too. I was like, well, you know, it's, it's like nine o'clock or whatever. And you know, it's time for bed. You would have thought that I called that little girl a bunch of names or said something bad about her mom. She's like, don't tell me what to do. I said, it's time for bed. All right. So have a good night. Talk to you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'll freaking leave. I was like, well, I can't like do anything to stop you from leaving necessarily. But I also have the ability to like make a phone call because now it's nighttime and you're not allowed to be wandering the streets alone because you're a child. So if you don't come back in this house here within a, five minutes or whatever, like if you want to walk out the door and blow off some steam, you go right ahead. But if I don't see you back in this house or hear that door open again and in the next five minutes, I'm going to be calling the police and have them escort you back to the home and explain to you who I am and why, why you belong in the house because you're not listening. She said, oh, you call the police on me. I'll call them on you. I said, go for it. So I said, I'm going to go take a shower. And when I come back, you better be in that room sleeping. Well, you know what? She, she took me on, bro. She bolted out the door. I went to go take my shower. And the thing that I woke up to or answered the door to was a bunch of banging, screaming, angry cops with flashlights. It's nighttime. Okay. And they're like, open the door, open the door. It's the police. I mean, you would have thought that there was a hostage situation going on in here. And I had like this flashback of being in like a episode of cops. The shit was getting like hot and escalated. So I'm literally naked. I have a towel, you know, around my waist Yep. and I go and I answer the door. I was like, are you guys freaking kidding me right now? I was like, come on in, man. And so the little girl's there and there's one female officer and two male officers. And the female officer, the little girl's crying to her about whatever. You know, she's like sitting there. They're like, well, what happened? And I said, I told her to go to sleep. 
you know, she was giving me a hard time and I told her if she leaves the house and starts to wander the neighborhood, I was going to have to call you guys. And she threatened to call you first. So that's why you're here. Cause I didn't call you. <laughs> so, so then the lady officer sees myself and the young daughter, um, you know, kind of catching eyes with each other. I wasn't giving her a death stare or nothing. I mean, I am looking at her in shock and all like, you're a crazy little one. Yeah. You're starting to remind me of your mom. Apple doesn't fall far. I know. it, And so this is where I think that she learned to do this is that her mother is, you know, sharing the playbook with her. You guys locked eyes and the cop caught Yeah, it? yeah. Then the lady officer says, hey, you know what? Come with me. She brings a little girl outside. They have their little sidebar conversation. And I'm in there with the other two male officers. And they're asking me some questions. And I'm, you know, just answering it like, come on, man, look, dude, I'm naked. I'm literally about to go to bed. I told her it's time for bed. Like, this is what you walked into. Never put a hand on that little girl. I'm here. I'm her guardian. I'm here to watch her. Her mother's at work. And she does this shit when her mom's at work. She acts up sometimes. And like, I don't know what else to tell you. The lady officer and the young girl come back in. The officer positions her and the little girl right in front of me. And she looks to the little girl and says, I want you to hear me and listen to what I'm saying to you. Okay. Pay attention. This is your guardian. You need to do what he tells you to do. Bro, I want the victory dance right there, but I was naked and that would have been weird. <laughs> that could have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> but that was... But but I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, we can ad-lib the, the story if you want, but no, I didn't know, I didn't know victory dancing, have naked guys. That, that, that's not what happened, but that sounds totally cool. Maybe next time. Um, <laughs> let's hope not. Let's hope you don't have a next time. Yeah, no, fuck no. I don't want no more next time. Yeah. So that's pretty much where the story ended. And, you know, for, for that little episode, police officers left. I just sat back and I just stopped for a minute. And I said to the little girl, I says, did you need the police officers to come here to tell you who I am? I hope you know who I am now. So take your little butt to bed. I'll see you tomorrow. And we're going to have a serious conversation when your mom gets home. Yeah. And, and that was the end of it. But that further escalated. That happened before, you know, I kicked them out. But, you know, that's just the level of defiance and the level of weaponization of the law that has now been instilled in this little child. She thinks that the police are like customer service for civil disputes and stuff. Right. You don't like the way someone's acting. So let me call Big Brother and he's going to come in here and, you know, maybe he'll crack some heads or something. Little Karen-esque, huh? Yeah, a little Karen in training. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, wow, this is wild. So, yeah, the last straw for me was her, like, you know, destroying the house. I mean, she's, I got screen doors. She's going there, pushing the patio door open to the point where it busts the shit off the hinges. You know what I mean? And uh, when I walked in on that, I wasn't even involved with that episode of Rage from her. It was because her and her mom got into something and I walked in on it and I'm just like, okay, I got to be the sheriff in town. I'm like, what the hell happened here? You know, she denied the whole thing. And I'm like, you think I'm stupid? Look at that. Long story short, I was paying her for good grades. The same good grades that, you know, I was a part of her getting because I was giving her structure. Mm -hmm. I said, like, you know, that money that you earned for, you know, good grades and stuff. Well, guess what? You paying for the repairs. Yeah, that's a life lesson. Yeah. And it's a fair life lesson. Yeah, so that, that was a kind of influence in like the way that I was going about trying to work with this little girl. But I realized too that I was ill-equipped. Nobody prepared me for this shit. You just do the best you can, man. You know what I mean? Use your, your best frames of references and try to do things so everybody wins. And that means sometimes you got to concede a little bit. You might have to compromise a little bit. It can't be mm -hmm. your way absolutely all the time because that just doesn't work. There has to be a little give and you have to be cool with that. I can sympathize with you because when we, I remarried and my wife called, you know, my, myself and my two daughters are Insta family because she inherited an eight and a 10 year old 
where, you know, I had eight to 10 years to learn how to deal with the children. We build a relationship. She automatically got two girls. Yeah. Which is hard on all three of them. She's not your mom. We get that. But at the same time, it is my house. And there's that balance. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it definitely takes a serious period of time, I think. I mean, I mean, there's so many things that are just based on an individual, but like, how long does it take your kids to warm up to some brand new person? Like that just depends, you know, Mm -hmm. is that person warm and inviting and friendly and loving? And, you know, because if they are, that shortens down the time, big time on those kids accepting them because they're getting that warmth, that nurturing, you know, that they're supposed to get from a female figure, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or even from a male figure, like we as men, we do that a little differently. And when it comes to, you know, me having a stepdaughter at the time, I'm not her dad. I can't be like affectionate with her because she's not my daughter. Right. That's true. I get that. Yeah. But I can also show her affection in other ways, like by taking her somewhere that, to do something that she really likes and, and inviting a friend and paying for both of them to go. Like that's a way of showing some some affection. Right. Mm-hmm. And doing so in an appropriate way. Or my brother taught me this a long time ago. He says, never, ever, if you can help it, be alone with a young girl or a woman, period, like by yourself. Like if it's a child or somebody's kid, buddy up. Or get the fuck out of there. It's scary. Because you never know what that little kid might just want to say one day just for fun. Mm -hmm. To put that in perspective, before I was even married, before I was even thinking about having kids, there was a priest who, I guess he gave C's or D's to three students who thought they deserved better. So they lied and said that he had molested them. He did 10 years in jail before one kid got a guilty conscience and said, we lied. So the priest got out. And I could only imagine with that man as a priest who's accused of child molestation in prison. That was not a pretty 10 years for that man. Surprised he even survived it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the boys in Rikers Island, they don't like that shit. They don't like short eyes. Nah. Those dudes don't survive long in there when they get accused of that, when they find out what your crime is and it's related to something to do with a child. Like, you might as well just hang it up, dude. Mm-hmm. That's the danger that women and, and even children have placed men into. And they don't realize that. They just think, oh, he's just going to jail and no big deal. It's like, no, no, no. It's you're putting me into a pit of lions and they're, and they're hungry. Yeah. So what happened with your uh, allegations? So you guys obviously split up. Yeah, we split up. So this one weekend I go out for my birthday weekend, we go out to, you know, Orlando to go, you know, have some fun. And, um, you know, I just, I, I hadn't slept for about a day and a half. I just had some sleeping issues at the time. And I told her, I'm like, Hey, look, I'm not having a good time. I just want to go home. I'm not mad at you. It's nothing about you. I just want to be in my safe place, peaceful place, this hotel, this like condo thing we're renting is like, just shit. This is noisy. And there's kids screaming down the hallway. I just couldn't like rest there proper. So I said, let, let, let's get out of here. Well, she took it personal. She made a stink out of it. Um, and I told her, look, I can't even drive. I'm so like tired right now. Let me just crawl up in the back. She said, no, I want you to sit in the front seat. Cause I can't, I won't drive if I, if you're not in the front seat, I'm like, ah, fine. So I get up there while she's driving. She jerks the wheel three different times to jerk me to slam up against the side of the thing. Right. And each time is scared to ever living shit out of me. And the first time I was super cool. Second time I was cool, but definitely more stern. But the third time lost my shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to lose my shit. I was just like, why can't you just let me sleep? And she said, I can't drive if, if you're snoring. That's when the Hulk came out because I knew I was arguing <laughs> with an unreasonable bitch. And I said, you mother, I've just went off, bro. I don't even care to repeat the shit that I said because it's not cool. And it's not normally how I address anybody. I had the end of it and I just had so little. Well, you're sleep deprived. 
just as you start snoring, you're, you're getting waking up. That sucks, bro. Man, talk about, I mean, that's why sleep deprivation is a form of torture. Absolutely. I have sleep apnea. So yeah, I can, I can empathize not sleeping for a day and like, I just can't see. Oh yeah, man. I felt my heart beating in my head, man. It, it was that bad. You know, I lost it. And then she's like, if you keep talking to me like that, I'm going to get out of this car. And I said, you know, what? that's the best damn thing I've heard all day. Go ahead get the fuck out. So she pulls over somewhere. She gets out of the car with whatever energy I have left. I, I slide over into the driver's seat. I look at her and I'm like, I'll get you your stuff later. And I slam the door shut and I fucking peel off, dude. I park a block away. There's a hotel, luckily, that was in walking distance. I park the car in a parking garage a block away. I get a hotel room. I get the room and I fucking face plant in, in, in the bed. But before I fall asleep, because I'm a fucking good guy, we're two and a half hours away from where we live in, in Orlando. So I call a buddy of mine. I'm like, bro, she's being crazy. Mm -hmm. I can't fucking deal with her. Please. I can't. Like I'm, I'm hurting right now. I need you to step in real quick and fucking deal with her. My boy is so fucking cool that him and his girlfriend get in a car and drive two and a half hours from where they live, which is close to me to come down there to rescue us from her fucking insanity. Nice, man. Those are friends, man. Yeah. But guess what? Before they get down there, Dolly decides she's going to call the police and say that I robbed her. Of her dignity? Yeah. She says that I robbed her of $5,000 worth of stuff. And here's the funny thing. That bitch shops at the thrift store, man, straight up. So that'd be a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it was just one suitcase. And I'm like, listen, I met you. You were in the ghetto and I'm trying to help you move up by the Jeffersons. I'm going to bring you into a better place. And you want to sit here and convince a bunch of strangers that you got $5,000 worth of shit in your luggage. Let me tell them who you really are. So these guys never catch me, right? Because I'm sure if they would have, I would have been locked up. Hell yeah. My people came through. His girlfriend picked me up. He picked her up. And on the way back, while she's in the car, in the truck with him, he asked her, he said, why did you do that? Why did you call the police? You know, and she says, I'm sorry. I know that was stupid. I was just mad. Just like her daughter. She called the cops like her daughter. So did they used to call the cops on the dad? Did you ever find that out? Oh, yeah. Here's a little short story, a little mini story in, in the mix. Uh, Dolly was so enamored with me. And by the way, like, I'm not saying this to be like bragging or anything like that, but that woman chased me. There ain't no doubt about that. She even told me that. Hey man, you're, you're a good looking Latino, baby. Don't, 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 don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed, Bobby. <laughs> oh, good. I appreciate you, Iron, you Irish stallion. <laughs> So, uh, you know, for the record, yeah, I'm in the top 10% of men in my, in my country, you know? So like, I'm not a fucking slouch. She made a post on social media, if I'm not mistaken, it was Facebook. And she said some things along the lines of like, gosh, man, it's so nice being with a, a real man, uh, a man that does this and this and this. and blah. So basically she's shit talking him because she's only been married. Gaslighting you. Right. And gaslighting me, you know, I'm like, whoa, give me that 93 baby premium. Gas it up. <laughs> right. Don't give me that cheap shit. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. Thing is, I warned her a long time ago before that post ever showed up. And I said, listen, I'm a very private individual. Social media can be used for nefarious purposes. I've already seen it happen. I've been a technologist for over 20 years. So I'm absolutely very intimate with the effects of technology on human beings. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we can talk about that more in detail if you care to another time. But absolutely, I'm here to let you guys know that shit can be used against you. The minute that old girl wants to turn on you, your social media becomes a war map for her and she's going to bust through and infiltrate your social network. So I'm telling you right now, get the fuck off of that. If you're not using it for business purposes, you don't need it. Yep. So think twice about what you post and how much you use it and how you use it, because that 
can turn on you in a bad way. She posts this, then the ex-husband posts literally a death threat online, but he worded it to such where the police wouldn't actually arrest him. And so, well, of course, what does she do? She doesn't show me the, hey, my, my guy is amazing. I don't really find out about that until after she triggers that guy by injecting jealousy into his heart. And, you know, mm -hmm. and one more thing, jealousy is an uncontrollable emotion, my friends. And so be very, very careful with that. And that's why we used to have crime of passion laws. That is inciting riot into the heart of another person. I don't give a shit if a man does it or a woman does it. Jealousy will gets people killed straight up. Yep. So take it serious. So she goes and makes this guy jealous and he posts a death threat. She then comes to me with it. And I said, I didn't say, oh, what an asshole or let him come bring. No, no. I said, what is your fucking problem? I said, I told you, you don't need to be posting shit about our relationship online. You want to post shit about your fucking cookies and bacon shit and whatever else. I don't care. You can post about that and the chickens you want to raise. I don't give a fuck about none of that. You can post whatever you want. Keep my name out your mouth. Keep our relationship out your mouth on these internets. Mm -hmm. Because all you're doing is you're inviting attention and I don't want attention. Do I want to be famous? Fuck no, I don't. All right. I like to be just chill calm in the background, living my life to the best ability I can and have a great time. I don't need haters coming around, fucking making up shit. Don't give anybody any information that that's not necessary. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went through the whole spiel with her. Uh, sorry, I almost feel like I'm doing it all over here with you, but <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's because you know what? Guys are going through this. The social media thing's a good thing and guys want to post, hey, she's a bitch or I got a new woman. It doesn't help you, man. You got to cut the cord for lack of a better phrase. Absolutely. And please, 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 if you're listening to this, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you have that crazy ass idea in your head that you're going to use another woman to make your your ex jealous, fucking give that up. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, that's a form of revenge. Go ahead and dig up two graves because you will get burned by that shit too. Yeah, man. Don't do it. One thing that always drove me nuts as a kid, and I'm sure you've seen it too, is you got a woman, she's kissing her boyfriend. But she's looking at you yeah. and she's looking at you and you're like, you're fucking evil, man. You're making out with that guy and you're giving me the eyes as you're doing it. Like, I don't know, are guys supposed to find that attractive? I mean, at least you know where she is. That's true. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what? I wasn't that smart. Yeah, that's, that's a recreational use. You know, that's the pump and dump. So smash and dash. Smash and dash. Uh, <laughs> No, but I mean, you know, hey, look, I used to be a young man once uh, many moons ago. So I, I get that. But, uh, you know, as you once you hit, I would say right around 30, you better start paying the fuck attention and grow up, man. Agreed. Like if you want to. Yeah, like I, that's like the absolute cutoff, man. I suggest you get your shit together a little bit sooner than that. Maybe like, you know, between 25 and 30. But, bro. Ugh, hormones are a bitch. We got 20-year-old guys out there with these false allegations right now. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's not just affecting old assholes like me. Oh, yeah. Well, they're getting led to the slaughter because they're at they're peaking sexually, and these women are baiting the fuck out of them, dude. And, like, they're just dumb, young, and full of cum, right? Isn't that the same? Mm -hmm. I scolded Dolly. I'm like, hey, you, you invited this fucking bullshit, and I'm disappointed in you. Don't ever fucking post about a relationship again. And she never did, which is great. But then, sure, shit didn't stop her from calling the police and being... And, and you know, sitting in my driveway in the house that we bought together. Now I have a police record attached to my fucking address because of this bullshit that she started. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bitch, you play with matches. You're the girl that likes to play with matches. Okay. And then you, oh, I accidentally lit the fuse and then oops. And then the bomb went off. I'm like, yeah, that's how that works. So stop playing with matches. So they come to the house, the, the police officers, they take her report. And do you think I'm standing there by her side, like some supportive fiance? Fuck no. 
I'm in my house mm-hmm. because I don't want to deal with that shit or be associated with. It. I'm like, you know what? You want to do that fucking dirty shit? I said, listen, he's in and out of jail. He's a drug addict and you fucking provoked him. So leave him alone. Right. So she makes the report anyway. And I'm like, well, guess what? You can do that shit by yourself because I'm not down with that. I don't think that man deserves you putting him through all this extra shit when you fucking provoked him. Yeah. So are you sure that he was actually guilty of being a drug addict and going to and from jail? Oh, yeah. I saw his police records for what he was arrested for. Oh, yeah. No, trust me. I double checked everything that girl will say to me. (laughs) And you're an IT guy, right? Oh, that's easy. That's a piece of cake for me. (laughs) Cool. So just a couple couple clicks. Yeah. And hey, all my UK boys, you know who I'm talking to. Holler at me if you need something, (laughs) man. I'll I'll do the best I can, man, to help you, man, in the tech world, for real. And even my USA boys, if you're listening. So uh, get a hold of me. And you better be legit, bro, because don't play me. And I don't mean that to you, uh, Chuck. I'm saying like whoever's coming to you, they better be for real. Oh, yeah. we, we don't, we're not here to play games. Yeah, no, ch- ch- bro, you're legit. Like 100% fire. Trust you. I trust you, bro. Thank you, brother. Mad Thank love you. for you. A lot of respect, man, for what you're doing. Appreciate and like, it. I already talked to you about some some other stuff we're doing. But yeah, man, if you guys are coming into this platform, do not come here and fuck around. All right? Because you're talking to real men. <laughs> I know. If we're actually, this month, we're equal amount of listeners in the UK and the US. It's Excellent. Let's segue this. Tell guys how you're helping them today. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're just getting started. All right. So don't get all crazy. It's called Armor for Men. And the purpose is to help document what we know about the current climate and the laws of the lands that we live in. Because it's not just happening here in the United States. It is happening in other westernized countries as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. They all kind of seem to follow a similar pattern. And so what the point of this is, is to start arming men with, first of all, knowledge. And secondly, a a good, like decent support group of men that will absolutely listen to you and understand what you're going through. What we want to do before anything else is we are here to save lives. Nobody needs to kill themselves. Nobody needs to kill other people. Okay. Nobody needs to die. All right. And I know that you might want to feel like that sometimes because I felt that way too, but you know what? I'm still fucking here and I'm here because I don't want the next batch of dudes that might've been there for me, but I wasn't looking for them. Not until I hit the wall and I, I felt that pain. I'm like, why the fuck didn't somebody tell me this sooner? This shit that women do online, which by the way, anybody out there want to comment about this? Show me some examples of men that shame, berate, and humiliate women on the level that women do. Show me that. Show me a TikTok of a man crying the way that they do. They use that shit in such a way to garner sympathy and pity to play that victim on such a level that nobody else wants to hear what the guy did anymore. All of a sudden, he's just automatically the bad dude. Guys don't function that way. Mm -hmm. We only have a very short escalation pattern for resolving disputes, and it starts with words. And when the words don't work, then sometimes it gets physical. And after that shit happens, we dust ourselves off. Hopefully we both survive. Shake your hand. Good fight. And that's it. We're done. We don't keep going back and forth. We don't get on social media and start trying to tear down your reputation. We don't start contacting your job, you know, trying to get you fired and shit. You get a beer. We don't do that. You get a beer and you say, you fucking get a better lift. Right, right. Like the way that men and women function when it comes to aggression, it's very different. So what's the problem? No, men, no, don't slap them. Yes, they might come at you first, but then look, you better put cameras up because you know, you're allowed to defend yourself. So I'm not saying sit there and take those licks. I'm just saying that we are not supposed to be attacking them. If you're getting attacked, then look, I'm all for self-defense because that's not a woman anymore. That's an attacker. So use the least amount of force possible to neutralize that threat and get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. All right. And get a body cam, damn it. And that's another thing I want to promote. I want to promote contracts, body cams, and home surveillance because there are men in this world right now that actually have a lot of shit to lose 
And I'm telling you, look, you might like feel like a piece of shit today, but you're fucking worth it to me, man, because men are necessary for the world to turn. Without us, this shit would implode. They know that. We know that. They can say whatever they want, but we know what it is. So keep each other's back. Be a brother's keeper. That's what I'm about. That's what Armor for Men is about. So imagine you're dating and before you even have to start worrying about her saying some messed up shit about you on the social media, how about the NDA that disarms her that says, like, you're not allowed to talk about the things that I say to you or what happens in our relationship. But if you decide that you want to do that, there's a financial penalty on there. And you, my friend, as a person that owns that NDA, you get to fill in the blank. What's it worth to you? A guy like me, I'm in a six-figure club, homie. So I'm telling her it's going to cost you 100K the minute you violate this NDA. No, that's, I like that. I like that a lot. And that's uh, armorformen.com, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So we're working on it. So please bear with me as I get through it. If there's any volunteers yeah, that might want to assist in some way. Do you have any other social media that guys can contact you on or they can contact us at whydaddynevercries at Gmail? I think for right now, if you don't mind, kind of uh, standing in place while we're under construction and then um, I'll definitely- We're all in this together. All right. Yeah, man. We're all in this together. Perfect. Yeah, man. If you don't mind holding it down for a minute, I'm going to have all that stuff and infrastructure laid up and I'll definitely provide that for you. Above all else, it's like, what can we do to reach the guys that haven't been in these places yet mm -hmm. let's start arming those guys up with our experiences you know tips tricks and traps shit to avoid be careful and um and then furthermore we need attorneys and stuff too man like what happens when somebody violates one of these ndas that we put out there we need attorneys to help us out too to go after these women hold them accountable when you get accused of something falsely having a place for you know guys to go to to walk them through what the process is going to be like what you should and should not do that's the premise of it is really just to be a hub for resources and suggestions i'm not an attorney i'm, I'm not a police officer i'm not a judge i'm not you know i'm not a whole lot of things okay i'm just here to try to create a, a safe place that's geared for men and men only. And let the fucking feminists come with their fucking arrows filled with fire and poison. Well, I don't give a shit. We'll knock them down. But we're not here outwardly attacking them. We're here to protect and heal each other. All right. I like that. We need to organize. This is not an offensive movement here. We are going to organize and we'll decide together what things we might want to do as an action item. But I don't want anybody getting in their fucking head that they're just going to turn to Rambo by joining this thing. And we're out here trying to, you know, <laughs> beat everybody down around us that opposes us. That's not what this is about. Potential spam. Potential spam. Yeah, that or someone trying to sell us something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, don't come at us with no crazy stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, I've been in the trenches. I'm going through it now. Cool. And you guys are located in Florida. So it's a very Florida specific for now, which most would start that way because that's the law. Unfortunately, you had to learn like me with New York. I can help you in New York, but outside of New York, it could be different. Yeah, that's a really good point. A lot of this stuff is very nuanced, not just from you know, country to country, but even state to state within a country. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's absolutely true. I mean, that, that's the other part of it is like, help us grow this thing. So let me ask you this, because this has been coming up a lot in interviews with other guys, with other groups. We're all talking about uniting the tribes, how all of our individual efforts are good, but there are just a bunch of individual efforts that if we were to band together, which we all know it would work as one unit, would you be willing, kind of putting you on the spot, but obviously not putting you on the spot, to take your organization and merge it with another organization to grow bigger? Absolutely. Part of the design for, you know, I would say the organizational structure of this thing is that it's, we don't necessarily have a hierarchy. 
this is more of a hive, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And we're just connecting to another, another hive. And but between the two of them, there's a full on full access bridge in between the two. I want to open up a space for any one of those tribes to just be like, Hey, you know what? Why don't you set up your tribe here? You're from the UK. Great. Here's a UK section. Cause UK guys are going to be more helpful to each other in their country. Absolutely. You know, you know, just like, you know, here in the U.S., like we, we can help each other better. But it doesn't mean that we can't help each other with things that are maybe not specific to law. Maybe we can share things about coping mechanisms and things like that, the things that are more common across the two, because addiction is another issue, right? Yeah. I mean, it's so much easier to get numbed out with a, a drink or something like that just to not have to deal. I crawled into a bottle, man. I crawled deep into a bottle. Me too, bro. That was self-defeating, you know, looking mm-hmm. back on that, it's just like, shit, man. You know, just being able to call that kind of stuff out, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are the warning signs of some stuff. And there's a lot of guys out here that actually don't really have a whole lot of friends, man. Yeah. So I just want to be able to at least put out a platform out there where they know that they're not coming into some completely public space where they're going to get shit on. I think we're kind of like aspen trees, or at least we will be, where we might be all standing alone, but we're going to have an underground network that's going to be talking to each other, and we're all going to be saying the same things and working in the same direction. Absolutely. One common denominator you hear from the guests all the time, nobody's looking to end domestic violence services for people. Nobody's sitting there saying, all women suck. They're all just saying, somebody wronged me, and that can't go on. Let's circle back around, and we'll bring this to the beginning again. You were talking about how she accused you of false allegations. Yeah, yeah. So she calls a cop, say I robbed her, and she literally admits to to my friend uh, that she lied and, you know, she only did that because she was mad. And so that's the danger of allowing, you know, just any willy-nilly person just to make a claim because they're mad and they could just invent some bullshit. So long story short, um, you know, we get back to home and, uh, you know, it was it was painful and all this shit and ugly things were said back and forth. So what? Um, her stuff gets returned to her right away. I said, look, I don't know what the hell it is that you did down there with the police, but whatever you do next, it better be you cleaning up the mess you made down there because you and I both know that that's a bunch of bullshit. I didn't rob you. Who the hell's robbing you out of town on their birthday weekend? Are you stupid? Right. Like who would believe that shit? And she said, okay, I'm going to take care of it. Well, guess what? We break up and she breaks up with me via text message. That's real classy. And mind you, I'm like, you know, we're like engaged. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fucking horseshit, man. I was like, this is the this is the lever of cowardice that we have. I, in, I, I, I won't know. be home tonight. What time are you coming home? Never. Can I get the ring back? <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, you- yeah, well, she never did get a ring from me. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. So fast forward, uh, I don't talk to her probably about a year, and then like the holidays kind of came around, and those god awful things called flashbacks and memories that some of these platforms offer mm. those those little oh god yeah yeah man <laughs> th- that, those little goblins fucking jumped up and they're like hey remember this you're like i'm trying to not remember that what the fuck <laughs> like that's hilarious. i don't know i don't want to remember that bro so like i'm telling anybody that's listening if you're haven't shut that shit down, you might want to, because do you want to be reminded? You want to be triggered. So. They got it for you. Yeah. Holy shit. I never even thought yeah. about that. That's awesome. That is definitely a new piece of information for guys out there. Dude. Yes. Please shut that shit down now. Even if you're in a fucking awesome relationship, shut it down. If you want to go remember it, go fetch it yourself. Don't let that system feed it to you. So yeah, that, that triggered me. I think a bit of holidays are approaching the memory monster fucking, you know, got on my back. Mm-hmm. You know, I reached out to her. You know, she told me she still loved me. I actually showed up to her house in a fucking suit. 
I hadn't seen her in almost a year. Wow. You know, we started chatting, you know, through texting and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it was Christmas time. So I ended up showing up at her house in a suit because I'm like, well, this might be the last time I see her. And if it is, I want her to remember me like this. I'm going to look good. Yeah. So I went there GQ, bro. We had a long, very long talk, you know, there and a lot of uh, emotional exchanges in the whole nine yards. I leave there and I, I discover she says, oh, well, I'm seeing somebody. And I was like, I don't care. Kick him to the curb. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to get married, remember? Why don't we finish what we started? She's like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, you can't be that serious about somebody you just met less than six months ago. Come on, man. Stop playing. So I'm really trying to like persuade her and everything. So anyway, it gets to the point where she's just like, well, it's probably not a good idea that you text me or no. I'm like, okay, well, you know, she's like, but you can email me. It's like, oh, okay. So I just go to email. So anyway, go back and forth. I stopped by her house a couple of times, twice actually with my mom. Cause she happened to be in town. So I go over there with her. And that third time I said goodbye to her and I'm done. Well, she turns around later and I guess she got caught by the boyfriend at the time or something. She said I was stalking her. Gotcha. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm a stalker now. Okay, cool. So I had to go through that hot mess. And so anyway, it got negotiated down to half and she accepted it. Now, here's the thing. She brought her daughter to court to testify. My attorney told me she was shaking like a fucking leaf in there. She was like terrified to be there because the kid. she knew. Yeah. Yeah. Both her and the kid. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know why they're shaking so fucking bad? Because they know they're going to have to get up there under oath and fucking lie their asses off. That's hard to do. And they're turning it that they're shaking so bad because they're afraid of you. Right. It's like, you're not afraid of me. You're afraid of that. You're about to lie your ass off. And I'm about to tell them the truth about you. Long story short, she accepted because she wanted to get the fuck out of there. And so did I. And she knew that. Right. So she said, okay, fine. Here's the psychological mind fuckery of it. If somebody is that fucking scared of you and they're truly stalking you, are you going to accept a half of what the plea deal was? Nope. In fact, I'm going to want double what they're offering. Right. I'd be like, no, that motherfucker's crazy. I want 12 years, you know, or. Yeah, I got a kid. Yeah, I got a kid in this house. This guy's crazy. He's coming around. I don't want that. Yeah, man, I'm with you. So it just doesn't make sense. And I'm glad that it happened the way that it did, because it absolutely points to that being the case, which it absolutely was, because what the fuck, man? It, it was just a wild accusation. So um, and she's so dumb because she didn't even have to show up to the last hearing. I did. But she showed up anyway. Might have wanted to see you. Well, yeah, she wanted to see me. And I, I kind of felt like it was a form of taunting, you know, like I got, you know. It is a form. Yes, it is. I'm like, oh, okay. You want to taunt? All right. Well, guess what? I went back to the Orlando case. Well, it was probably about a year, year and a half after it happened. And I asked what was written down. I got the police report, the whole thing. She never took care of anything. She never called them to clear the air and clarify the situation and just be like, yo, that shit was just me being mad. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if she would have admitted that, that's actually a crime. Yes, it is. Not one that they follow up or punish anybody for, but it is a crime. Oh, no. Lying to the police, making a false police report. That's absolutely a crime. It's a misdemeanor, but 100%. you're supposed to go to jail for a year for that. Yeah. Well, you might. I might. Right. But they're going to let them slide. That's the problem. I was like, okay, right. So I pulled that case up. That's my first piece of evidence. And then I have her calling the police back to the house several times when she was like, I'm going to call the police because you're yelling at me. I'm like, I'm in my own fucking house. And I told you I needed a break. And like she would just keep coming at me. And anyway, so part of it, yeah, I was yelling. I'm not going to lie about that. The thing is, she had this knee-jerk reaction to call the police all the time. And I'm like, I don't know why you're doing that. Because first of all, I'm never ever in your face, like yelling at you. It's always from a distance. Right. The other room. 
yeah, like, what do you think? I got laser beams in my eyes. I'm going to fry you to death. Like, come on. And it's just overreacting. And so I pulled up every single 911 call she ever made, whether it was to my house or anywhere. And I found out that she did the same shit to her ex-husband. Really? Oh, yeah. So now I have even more evidence. And I had the one, one the one call that was really good, which is her daughter calling the police saying, I, he told me to go to bed. Help. Help. <laughs> <laughs> So again, we're seeing patterns. We're seeing people who repeat using the police as a weapon and then they use their kids as a weapon. I mean, you don't have the kid problem, which is great because I tell you that is a nightmare. I don't wish I'm my worst enemy. Yeah. But yeah, you have to watch. If you have a girlfriend with you right now and she's got a history of calling the cops on ex-boyfriends, you're the next ex-boyfriend. Yeah. You're going to, you might be her next phone call, buddy. Towards the end of our shows, we offer our guests some advice. What advice would you give to guys out there going through this for the first time and hopefully the last time? Every single one of you awakening wonders, you men have a spidey sense built into you. Get into the habit of whipping out that phone. If you detect that something's about to go nuclear or somebody's about to go cray cray, you need to pull that phone out, start recording. If you can't do that, get you a body cam. Start getting into the practice of protecting yourself using audio video. All right. That would be the biggest thing that I would suggest to guys. And hey, let your homeboys vet out your girls too, man. Bring them around some of your homeboys, see how they behave. Let your homeboys interact with them. And you're definitely going to find out who your boys are and who your boys aren't. You know what I'm saying? You should know who your boys are by now, but don't bring the ugly boys. They ain't going to help. Bring your good looking boys. <laughs> you yeah. really want to find out what they're made of. Yeah, man. Do some group dates and stuff, man. Narcissists can't put the mask on fast enough in between different people. So think about that. Yeah. If you want to really test out who you're with, bring them in a group setting, bro. I promise you. And make sure the people in that group know who you are. Yeah, yeah. It's better that they're a group of your friends, not hers. Now do the other side too. You're going to find out who she is by through who her friends are. Or if she has friends. Yeah, yeah she has any. Because if she makes you her world, she's going to break your world. Leonidas, thank you for coming on the White Daddy Never Cried podcast and sharing your story, man. The advice is amazing. And you have some great points about social media and Spidey Sense and pulling out that cell phone. I did it a lot, man. I was getting harassed by my ex and we pulled the cell phone out and wow, all of a sudden that harassment goes away because the victim can't pretend to be a victim when they're being filmed being the abuser. Amen. Dude, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And um, you too, brother. Yeah, much love to everybody here that listening in. Thank you. And I'll see you on the False EQs Network UK, man. Be good. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody. Tune in next time. Well, what'd you think? Oranges in a sock? Yikes, right? Nah, man, not really. Because Leonidas isn't hitting kids. He's making jokes. Now, times are changing. For better or for worse, we can debate each issue on another podcast. But on Why Daddy Never Cries, we're here to help keep good men in their children's lives. Now, where I'm from, New York City to Boston, these jokes are frowned upon these days. And from what I'm hearing about Florida, well, they're less than frowned upon down there. And that's great, because this is the United States, and having different areas that support different ideas and different ways of living is what makes America great. Everybody has a place somewhere here. Now, orange in a sock. Joke, yes. Bad joke? Debatable at best. But how do these words differ from a mother telling a judge... He can see his kids anytime he wants, but then does everything in her power to delay your time with your children. How do those words differ from, of course he has equal parenting rights to all the information about the children, but the implied meaning is, if I feel he needs to know, then I'll let him. If not, oh well. How did these words differ from, he was able to see his children on his day, when the truth is, she's an hour late to dropping the children off every time. I can tell you what the difference is. One was a joke made between two adults. The other 
are lies perpetrated to control an ex-partner's life, destroy their emotional well-being, while simultaneously scarring children and damaging future homes and societies. Here's your soul-searching question. Which side of this war are you going to stand with? Are you standing for lies for the sake of controlling individuals? Or are you standing for good parents trying to remain in their children's lives? A factor that has proven beneficial to society as a whole. Think about it. Because time's changing. Good dads are no longer scared or ashamed to be typecast by your lies. All right, Joe, take us home. We must get our voices out there. Send us your stories to Why Daddy Never Cries at Gmail or Why Daddy Never Cries on Facebook. Remember, this is a daily and sometimes hourly struggle. So follow us on Daddy Never Cries at Twitter and Why Daddy Never Cries on Instagram and let your voice be heard. Let's end the fatherless children's syndrome that's plaguing this world. You can't change what happened to you, brothers. So figure out how to make it work for you and your children. When life gave me lemons, I said to hell with a glass. I'm making an international lemonade franchise. So until next time, take a deep breath. You've got this, Daddy. Don't show me.